It's time for Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. Now here's your host, Matt Lorenek. Thank you for spending your Friday evening with me on Sports Wrap, the holiday Memorial Day weekend edition of Sports Wrap. If you're heading up north, going out to the lakes, have us on. Enjoy us for the hour because we've got some great stuff for you. A lot of stuff that has happened in the last few days in the sports world has just been phenomenal, especially if you are a college football fan, if you are a Detroit Red Wings fan. There is a lot out there happening, and you're probably thinking, well, is it a signing? Is it the you know Red Wings doing something crazy? Is Steve Eiserman at it again? No, but what it is is probably the renewal of the fire and the hatred that every Red Wings fan has for the Colorado Avalanche. Earlier today, ESPN dropped the trailer for their new unrivaled documentary, essentially. It's going to be a two-part or a two-hour documentary coming out in June that tells the story of the Red Wings and the Avalanche. It's amazing. We're going to get you fired up to start this whole show off Blake let's hit it you know obviously a rivalry starts on the ice but if it stays there there's not that much to it there's obviously a bunch of reasons why uh, this has developed into a pretty good rivalry Like he was proud of what he did, but in the end, karma's a bitch. You pull back and hit it with everything that you got on the butt. That, my friend, looking somebody in the eyes and hitting them is a cold cup. Oh, we were pissed. I just thought, like, grabbing somebody here and someone's getting it. These kinds of things just seem to keep happening when these two teams play. There's a winner, there's a loser. You'll do whatever you have to do to be on the winner's side. Why so hateful? I would say because they're perfect. I fucking hate them. I'll always hate them. memory of that rivalry with the avalanche beat them i i have watched that so many times today already blake i mean tell me how chills just down the spine right that that was like that era of hockey was my introduction to hockey yep same so it's like and seeing that and like I knowing Dmac like mm-hmm. I do, like seeing how pumped up he was to see like this coming out and everything. It's gonna be awesome. It 
it's amazing. So again, I I understand it was a long two minutes to sit through, but if you're not fired up in the car or at home listening, then check your pulse because it is some of the best of the best renewing a rivalry in hockey that I honestly don't know that we might ever see again because it's not the same league and there aren't teams that have that fire for each other like the Red Wings and the Avalanche did. If you want to comment on it, if you want to talk about how you're excited for it, I'd love to hear from you. The phone number's out there for you. 800-859-0957. Let's go to Mr. Positive, Greg and Shelby Township. How's it going, Mr. P? Oh, my God, Matt. Hey, congratulations on your new gig. I'm very proud of you. I appreciate that. I knew you. Uh, I knew you when you did. Hey, you did. You're right. Uh, if this doesn't get your juices going, nothing will. I love my DMAC. Oh my God! And I can just see him just sitting there and saying that, and just you know, and that's what made us great. Yeah. That's what made uh, the Detroit Red Wings great. That's what made them a champion. There's something to be learned from this. You really got to get on that ice or any field that you're on, and you've got, they can be your friends outside of the uh, contest. Mm-hmm. But within the contest, you've got to treat them like a caged animal, and you've got to tear them apart. And as our little uh, coach for the Detroit Lions, you've got to bite them in the kneecaps and win, Rocky, win. Yeah, I, oh, my God, Matty. Great topic, great subject. We'll be listening, and, uh, oh, yeah, it gets the juices going, my friend. <laughs> Appreciate Love it, Mr. You. P. Thanks for calling in, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. And it's a time where, as you mentioned, Blake, I mean, the introduction for people of our age, mid-30s now, it was everything. I mean, the Red Wings playing the Avalanche was absolutely must-see TV every single time they took the ice, even more so when it came to the playoffs. And just the story that they've built and the ability that they had to go back and get They got everybody. There's not a single person that when I'm watching through this trailer and looking at the the roster of people that they end up getting and you're looking through it, watching it, watching it. Okay. Yep. I get it. I recognize that name, that face. And then at the end, if you didn't recognize who that voice is at the end, they get Vladimir Konstantinov sitting there and asking him, what was your favorite part of the rivalry? And all he says is beat them. And it's the most, I get chills just thinking about it. It's the most Vladimir Konstantinov moment I've ever seen since, unfortunately, he had the accident and did not have a chance to return to hockey. But, I mean, just absolutely phenomenal. And for him to still just feel that way, it's, it's insane. I mean, I don't, e- I don't even know how, to, how else to describe it. Say what you want about ESPN, but... Their documentaries, anytime they do them, are fantastic. Yes. So, I mean, because we saw it with the Bad Boys doc, which mm-hmm. was awesome. Phenomenal. And now we're getting a Red Wings doc, which is awesome. Yeah. And, and it, like I said, if you haven't seen it, look it up. It's everywhere on the internet. You can find it anywhere. But it is phenomenal. And it is worth the watch. And I hope that the the current team... If you think that this is not going to be mandatory viewing for them, you're crazy. 
I would imagine, and I hope that there's some, again, meeting room at Little Caesars Arena that Stevie's going to call everybody into and say, all right, sit down. You're going to learn what what it's all about. And there's kids in that locker room that have zero clue. Kids younger than me who have no idea what this rivalry is about. And, I mean, they've never seen a rivalry like this. They They don't know what... NHL hockey used to look like, obviously, in its prime when this kind of stuff was happening. The the fact that, and that that's what always boggles my mind, right, is there's a whole generation of players who didn't get to live it, who have only seen it in clips, who don't know what it was like to be actually in that moment. And that, I think, needs to be something, like even Mr. Positive said, I mean... Maybe this is something that starts to fire them up. Maybe this is something that gets that group of guys who came so far. I mean, amazing what has started to happen there at Little Caesars Arena for the Red Wings. There's good things happening. I'm a firm believer that they're the closest out of our sports teams here. It's not saying much, but they are the closest out of the Lions, the Tigers, the Pistons. They're the ones that have the chance to make moves and to make waves, hopefully in the playoffs coming up. And I think, I mean, I think most people would agree. And the thing that I'm starting to hear again during these playoffs is, oh, well, shouldn't we be rooting for Edmonton because of Ken Holland? Like, we need to stop. We need to stop doing that, okay? I love our dedication to the people that come here and the people that put their time in and the people that do great things for us But once they leave, you need to embrace what's here now. And I I get it with the Stafford stuff, right? Everybody, oh, well, Matt Stafford, you know, the second most viewed area for the Super Bowl was Detroit. Now, yes, it's the Super Bowl. I get it. You're going to watch the Super Bowl. But there was so much built up about Stafford's our boy still. This is a Detroit Lions. This is the Detroit Lions Super Bowl. It's like, we got to stop. You got to just let that stuff go. When they leave, you can be fond of what they did and you can enjoy what they brought to the city when they were here. And the Staffords did amazing things when they were here. And when they left, they still continued to do amazing things for our community. And they still come back and do amazing things for our community. And I love them for that. And I hope that they honestly do, like they say, we want to retire in Michigan when Matthew's finally done playing football. I hope so. I love them. I think they do amazing work, but I don't root for them anymore. They are not my team. They don't play for the team that I root for. And the same thing, I'm starting to hear that talk again. Well, the Oilers, Ken Holland, right? That's who we got to root for. No, No, you don't root for anybody. You sit back and you watch the playoffs and you just enjoy it and you let it happen. Am I right? The Wings wouldn't be in the spot they're in right now, rebuilding as bad, if it weren't for Con Holland holding on to all the bad contracts and everything like that. Yes. Being so loyal to some guys that he shouldn't have been. And say what you will. Yeah, well, he was here when we won those cups. Yeah, okay, great. Yes, he was. But like Blake just said... (laughs) He, he put us in a really bad spot for a really long time. And, you know, like we've said, 
Trust the Yeiser plan. It's happening, and it's coming, and it's moving fast. And I love that it's moving fast, and I love that it's picking up steam. And for those Detroit fans that sit there and go, but, you know, we got to respect the past. You know what? Yes, look fondly on the past, but look forward to the future, and do not start rooting for the people that took you, again, to a positive place, but at the end of the day, a negative place. When he was all said and done, Ken Holland didn't really help us out too much in his last few years here. Does it make it worse that the Avs are like, I would say the favorite to win the Cup? Yeah, it kills me. I hate it. I hate it. I would rather see any team other than them win it. The fact that the Blues are still hanging on and making it somewhat interesting, I, I love that for them. I also don't like the Blues because Red Wings had some great times against the Blues. Steve Eiserman slap shot from inside the blue line to win it. I mean, yeah, granted, I get it. We didn't win the Stanley Cup that year. Phenomenal moment, though. I think it's just a little different now that they're in the West and we're in the East. Yeah. The rivalries, I mean, the rivalry will never be the same because no. all those players are gone and everything. But that Avalanche team is so much fun to watch. Yes. Kale McCarr is incredible. Yeah, I would agree. And unfortunately, the Oilers are fun to watch. Yes. And I don't want to root for them because, I mean, I'm not sitting here saying that I don't hope they win, but I'm just saying I'm not a fan of theirs. And I know plenty of people that are on that bandwagon of, well, now I'm a Ken Holland fan and now I'm an Oilers fan. It's, you know what? Just enjoy the hockey that they're playing. I mean, Calgary and Edmonton gave us a phenomenal series. And honestly, the whole playoff so far has been amazing. It has been absolutely insane in the sense of competition and you know games that are going really well I would say you know it's mostly been in these series as of late although Tampa Bay kind of blanketed the Panthers and I get that but I mean the Carolina Rangers series is good the Colorado Blues series is good I mean I think that it's it's coming to a place where yes it's good hockey but I don't I haven't seen any of it be the kind of hockey that we are talking about when it comes to this documentary that's coming out about the Red Wings and the Avalanche. You saw a little bit of it with Colorado and St. Louis. Yes. Bennington getting hit by Kadri because Kadri likes to stir it up a little oh, bit. Yeah. But, and you saw a little bit of it too with Calgary and Edmonton, mm-hmm. just Battle of Alberta. Right. But it's still, it's not the same. No. I mean, we're talking about a rivalry that lasted. I mean, decades, probably, I would say close to a decade, if not more, for sure, a decade, maybe a little more, but I mean, phenomenal hockey every time they stepped on the ice and you had no idea what to expect. The gloves were coming off at some point. You just didn't know when, and you didn't know how bad. And I think that is what is something to be excited about for this Red Wings team, that maybe this can get injected into the veins of those new guys. 800-859-0957 is the phone number. Call in, Sports Wrap. We got a whole hour for you. Coming up next, there's more about how the NCAA may have just won me over again. That's coming up next. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Once again, Matt Lorenek. Welcome to the Memorial Memorial Day weekend edition of Sports Wrap. Heading up north. Just sitting outside, maybe watching the thunderstorms roll through, enjoying a beverage to get your weekend going. Keep it here with us. 800-859-0957 is the phone number. We told you before the break 
that the NCAA did something that I think could maybe win me over as a fan of theirs, at least for a short period of time until they do something to screw things up again. But it came out this week that the NCAA was going to make some changes where they are, one, lifting the cap on scholarships. So normally the annual cap limited schools to 25 initial scholarships. But now teams have the opportunity to sign as many players as they want, but the limit of 85 scholarship players is still the the max on the roster. But a phenomenal opportunity to give teams the ability to do more and to get more players in. And is that a response to what the NIL has done? It could be. Maybe we need to make it a little more enticing for universities to be able to go and get players, for universities to have a little more of a bargaining chip to be able to go and get athletes interested in their programs. That's what it might be. And I I don't really care as much about what they've done with lifting that. But what I do love is that they have made it now an opportunity for conferences to eliminate the divisions. And that is fantastic. And the PAC 12 wasted no time jumping on board to say, all right, cool. We're in, we got a plan. The PAC 12 immediately said, here's what we're going to do. Here's the new plan. The teams with the highest conference win percentage will play in the championship game, cut and dry, very easy. I love it. The two best teams in the Pac-12 will play for the Pac-12 championship. Makes sense. It seems it seems like a no-brainer. Now, what has come out is that the Big 10 is going to be doing something similar. We don't know exactly what the speculation is out there. But Michigan State athletic director Alan Holler says that changes are happening. We don't know what those changes are. We don't know what they're going to be. But he's saying, and he's been quoted a lot, so I would assume that he's he's right. He's not just going to sit there and spout off that something could happen when it won't. But they are saying that the Big Ten is going to make a change as well. They're going to eliminate the East-West division and move into a different format of some kind. We don't know exactly what that'll be, but it's long overdue because the East division has an 8-0 record against the West in the Big Ten championship game. That's pitiful. And that does not help the competition within the Big Ten. It makes it real easy for those teams to get back to that championship game out of the East. Knowing that, all right, cool, kind of got a cakewalk here. For instance, Michigan-Iowa last year, not much of a game. Michigan came out, handled their business, took care of Iowa, no big deal. Now, what if that game, the Big Ten Championship game, what if that game had been Michigan-Ohio State again? Or Michigan-Michigan State? 
A lot of different scenarios out there. A lot of different things could have happened. And so in what could be one of the ways they do it, the Big Ten could adopt what the Pac-12 is doing. And we just say that the teams with the highest win percentage in conference, you're playing for the Big Ten championship. I personally, I like that idea. I'm okay with that. Blake, you think that that's a good way to go? Or or do we like what the SEC might do with the pods? I Well, I think no matter what, these conferences need to go to 10 games. 10-game conference schedule to kind of really get all the teams to play so that you figure out who the two best teams are. I think that that is the most important thing, but I love the fact that we're going to see better conference championship games. I do too. Because those games have, there's been some stinkers the last few years. Right. And I mean, it's not fair, you know, it's not fair to the teams that let's say make it from the West who go and then get stomped on. Now, is there a chance of an upset? Sure. It just hasn't happened in the Big Ten. It just hasn't been I mean, anything. You see it in the SEC, too. The SEC West right. is clearly better than the SEC East yeah. until recently with Georgia. Right. Absolutely. And I think the elimination of divisions altogether and just saying, you know, here we go. Play out your year. Like you said, the opportunity of the pods could potentially be a situation where like you said Blake was mentioning you know what you sort of stay in a you stay in a pack right the potential breakdown of what that looks like is pod 1 is Michigan Michigan State Ohio State Penn State pod 2 Iowa Minnesota Nebraska Wisconsin pod 3 Illinois Indiana Northwestern Purdue pod 4 Maryland Rutgers and then in this scenario you would bring in two more teams into the Big Ten to make it 16 teams so that you could have four pods. So the alignment of that, positives, pros here, are it protects the major rivalries, but the problem is there's such a tension on those rivalries that sometimes the balance of making sure that those games actually happen the way they should, when they should, on the day they should, that's, that's a different thing. Pod one's a little stacked there, don't you think? It's definitely a little stacked. And that would be a situation where you got to look at the pods and say, okay, how can we break these up so that we can make sure we have the the games we want? And the also, the other issue you're looking at is you got to bring two more teams in. Well, and another issue on top of your another issue yeah. is every game in the Big Ten is played for a trophy. Every game in the Big Ten is a quote-unquote rivalry game. Correct. I think, no joke, Wisconsin has like six trophy games. Yeah. The West, every game is a trophy game. It's crazy. You're right. I feel like it is. (laughs) And every weekend, you're right. It's, all right, what trophy are we playing for this time? And they're all awesome trophies. They are. Except some of them, which are (laughs) not great. Like, there's one that's like a broken bits of chair or something. Yeah. There's one that's a hog, yes. like a gold hog. There's the Illibuck. I'm, don't get me going. I know. <laughs> I know. Now, I'm partial to being a Michigan fan and loving the Little Brown Jug and obviously playing for Paul Bunyan and all that. And so I just don't know what what Michigan or what the Big Ten will do. 
you know, the pods seem like a little farther away just because there seems to be a little more, a little more work involved really. And a little more work that I don't know the big 10 is really in a position to be able to do. But the question that I want to ask the listeners is what is it to see this change happen and then potentially have Michigan play Ohio state again after having played them the last game of the season. Maybe Michigan again beats Ohio state and then goes and has to play Ohio state in the championship game. And then Ohio state wins that time. Well, guess who's going to the college football playoff probably. And so you could see rematches, but do you care? Do you care if you see those rematches? 800-859-0957 is the phone number. Me personally, I don't really care. Like you said, Blake, I want the two best teams, and I think that's a good way to make sure that you get the two best teams. Does it necessarily create some issues? Yes, but I would say that it's also not something you can't go back on, right? The the, the Big Ten could say, all right, you know what? This year we're going to do it this way. And maybe they work to add two more teams. And maybe they get those two extra teams and they work out a deal during this season. They bring them in and then maybe next year we say, you know what? We didn't like that. We're going to go to the pots. The ability to be fluid with it, I think, helps, though, too. I I, I mean, am I right? Maybe Notre Dame finally joins the league. That'd be nice. Honestly, yes. Because <laughs> they're going to get left out eventually. Right. And, and they're already getting left out. I, I mean, you know. They're, they're putting themselves in a really bad spot. And I would love, I mean, come on into the Big Ten. That's where all their natural rivalries are. Yes. It makes it makes too much sense, but they they get a really big bag from NBC. So I don't, I don't blame them for that. No, I don't. You know, and I get the whole, yeah, well, the money thing and being on NBC, it's, it's exclusive and that's great and it's fine. But like you just said, you're running away from the games that have made you who you are. I mean, people talk about Michigan-Notre Dame because of what the history has been. First ever night game. People like still talk about still it. <laughs> one of the greatest games. It was awesome. Yeah. And, I mean, then <laughs> the couple other times they played at night. And I just think that, you know, if you were going to add teams, Notre Dame would be one. And I don't know who you get as the other. Pitt. I'd be Pete okay. Pitt. I'd be okay with that. Natural rivalry with Penn State. Yeah. And again, I think that's that's all it needs to be. It doesn't need to be something where we think so far outside of the box in the sense of, well, who are we going to add? Well, you know what? It's not that big of a decision. You know, there's a lot of things that could make sense by adding two more teams. You just got to pick the right two teams. 800-859-0957 is the phone number. We got Lions Talk next. And is Aiden Hutchinson going to be everything we think he should be? The Lions coaching staff, they've got their opinions, and we'll find out what those are coming up next on Sports Wrap. Back to Sports Wrap on WJR. Here's Matt. All right, the Friday edition of Sports Wrap Memorial Day weekend is upon us. Some storms rolling through the area today. The rest of the weekend, though, 
supposed to be amazing. So if you're doing something outside, enjoy it. Matt Lornick hanging out with you for, like I mentioned, the Friday edition of Sports Wrap. We've talked Red Wings. We've talked some NCAA realignment. And your Detroit Lions now have been in OTAs for the week. And so far, I mean, the normal stuff you'd expect to hear coming out of Allen Park. And again, it's it's too soon to know how things are going to go. But you're starting to find out that, you know what, Aiden Hutchinson... He's got some big expectations to live up to, and rightfully so. He is the number two pick and expected to contribute immediately for this Lions team on a defense that was abysmal in the past and has gotten slowly better, but still a Lions defense that needs a lot of help. Will he be able to fill that void? Honestly, I can't say yet. Being a Michigan fan, I love what he did on the field. But there are a lot of question marks. He did not bench press at the combine. Opted out of that one. Some people say huge red flag. Well, we got to know what he benches. Do you, though? Does that matter? I opted out of the bench press, too. I think that's probably smart. I would have. I would have opted out of the 40 and the high jump and the shuttle. I would have opted out of all of them. But I think there's sometimes we put too much stock in all of the metrics of the draft and the combine. I think the combine is amazing. It's an opportunity to see all of these potential athletes at their best. But it's also an opportunity to have unfortunate injuries happen. David Ajabo. (laughs) I feel terrible for him. Was going to go top five in the draft. And Torres Achilles. Gone from, I mean, obviously didn't get drafted. He's going to have to go through extensive rehab and PT and everything to get himself back. I think he will get back to an ability to play football. I don't know at what level that will be. I don't know if a team will pick him up. But for all of those players that say, well, I'm going to sit out my game because I want to preserve myself, just look what can happen. It can happen anywhere. So I don't know that sitting out your bowl game is always the end-all, be-all when you're trying to preserve yourself for the NFL. But to look at it from the standpoint of if I don't do these certain things at the combine, can I still get drafted? Well, the answer is yes. Aiden Hutchinson got drafted. And Blake just corrected me. Ajabo picked up by the Ravens, going to be rehabbed. Didn't know that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Second rounder. Risky. Yeah, definitely. Like if I'm the Ravens... I don't mess with those. Yeah, if I'm the Ravens, risky. Now, are we hoping, yes, modern medicine does good things? Then, then yeah, but risky. And if there's one team program that 
can deal with waiting right. for someone like Ojabo. It's them. It's them. Well, and he's going to go back with Mike McDonald and, yes. you know, rekindle that friendship. And there must be obviously something internally where Mike McDonald said, hey, this is a guy we need to go get despite the fact that he does not have an Achilles right now and he needs to work to get it back. So that's great. I mean, I'm glad I was wrong. That's awesome that he got a spot. Good for him. I thought for sure. I mean, but again, it's how much attention I pay to the combine. Yeah. Because really not a big deal. So Aiden Hutchinson skips the bench press and everybody's all up in arms about it. But does he have just football abilities that go beyond how much he can bench press two or three times? I think so. I think all of these athletes do. Because I don't know that what he can do for benching really matters when he can get off the line faster than anybody or if he can use any of the other football techniques that he has to be able to make plays. Just make plays. I don't care how you do it. Just do it. I got a question for you. Yeah. Chris uh, Renwick, I sat in with him on Sunday's edition of Sports Wrap, and he asked me the question, what how many sacks does he need to have for you to be happy with his season for it to be a success honestly i don't i would say 5 okay but i want him to make plays in other ways if he could get zero sacks let's say he gets no sacks but he disrupts the play every time and his teammates make get a sack or he gets so much attention drawn to him that let's say teams start to double team him awesome let's say they start you know again putting tight ends on his side trying to pull somebody to get him on a block i mean if they if other teams have to adapt their scheme to accommodate what he's doing he wins he he's doing his job then so he comes in and he's the best defense defensive lineman yeah. on the team, right? Yes. So you would assume he would get some extra attention right off the bat. Right. And that's what I hope happens. And and so sacks, uh, yeah, five would be cool, you know. But honestly, like I said, he's going to get some, no doubt. Will it be on the plus or minus of 10? That I'm not sure of. That's a lot to ask. I said four. Chris said eight. Chris is very optimistic. Yes. That he he said eight or more he would be happy. Wow. Chris's bar is very high. <laughs> I need to talk to him about that because I don't know if that's <laughs> entirely accurate. But I like where he's thinking. You know, but I think we talked about this a lot with, you know, players and the effects they can have on teams. Can he do other things to make himself valuable? Yes, he absolutely can. Dan Campbell's been saying, he was quoted this week, his approach is everything we thought it would be. He's in the meeting rooms, he's attentive, he's wanting to learn, he's taking it all in, he's doing what's asked from him, and then it's trial by fire, just like the rest of the rookies. They got to learn from their mistakes, but Aiden has been all business. Dan Campbell goes on to say, you can never tell for sure, but I would say it's one of the reasons why we wanted to pick the guy. In his DNA, he's going to do everything he can to be successful. That's the part that I think makes him different than other players. His drive and his tenacity and his 
never, I'm never giving up. And as cliche as that may sound, Aiden Hutchinson has shown that over and over and over again. He showed it when he was at Michigan. I'm going to, I'm going to do things that have never been done before. I'm going to set my mind to being the best and I'm going to do whatever I have to do to be the best. And he did it hands down, did it. And I think that's what we will see out of him when we get him exactly where he needs to be, which is why I would heed caution Chris Renwick on eight sacks. He might not get eight. He might get less than five or four, like we've been talking about. But I think he will be a a very valuable asset to this team. 800-859-0957 is the phone number. It's Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. Back to Sports Wrap on WJR. Here's Matt. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Thank you for spending it with me on your Friday. You're heading up north. You're just sitting out on the patio, cracking open a nice cold one. I wish I was there with you, and I will be soon. Honestly, I'm a tequila guy. Oh, so I'm putting tequila on the rocks, or I'm or I'm going tequila water with some lemon in there. I've been known to uh, enjoy and sip on a tequila flight. You know, trying some different ones. So, I mean, it makes me want to leave and get (laughs) get to that back patio so I can enjoy myself. But we've been talking a lot about early on. We got the NHL playoffs going on. We might even have to play it before we leave. But the ESPN E60 documentary about the Red Wings avalanche rivalry unrivaled. The promo dropped today, the trailer. It is two minutes and 20 seconds of phenomenal Red Wings avalanche history. It is a must watch. Go look for it. It's all over the internet. Just look up unrivaled Red Wings avalanche. You will find it and just be sitting down when you're watching it because it's amazing. It's just, it's phenomenal. And then we get into the talk about the NHL playoffs. Unfortunately, the Avalanche still good and in it. Dislike that. But I posed the question earlier. Are you a Ken Holland fan because of the Edmonton Oilers? I would hope not. But if you are, you know what? Whatever. More power to you. That brings us to how these last few series are turning up for the NBA, and the NHL. NBA, Golden State Warriors, they're back. Sixth time in the finals in eight seasons. Dynasty. (laughs) Seriously. And I will say this. I'm not much of a Golden State fan, but I'm a Jordan Poole fan. And I'm enjoying watching Jordan Poole play with Golden State. And seeing him have success there, that's exciting for me. I really do enjoy seeing him and seeing what he's been able to do. So it's time to get into what's going down tonight, this weekend, actually, all together. You, plenty of sports to watch. I mean, the NHL tonight going on, Colorado, St. Louis, going on now, actually. What are we looking at for lines? Did you put bets on this? 
I have not put any money on this. Uh, but you just told me off air you're a degenerate gambler. I am. So, thanks. Now I'm going to have to. Yeah. I need something to entertain me until <laughs> 4 in the morning. Um, so, Colorado is favored on the money line, minus 166. And then, obviously, with hockey, you have the puck line. Yeah. So, puck line is they're favored by one and a half goals. And if you bet that, it's plus 133. Approximately. <sighs> I don't know. Depends on where you go. See, now the series has been tight. So if I had to say anything in that whole, you know, in the one and a half goals, I don't know if I take that one. Yeah, I would. I mean, or you just take St. Louis plus the one and a half, which which would probably be the the better the better bet if you're going to make those bets. And it's not ter. You're not getting terrible odds. It's minus one sixty. Okay. So I can deal with that. I can deal with that. Saturday, Carolina, New York. Hit me with some bets. Had to pull up the line, sorry. It's all good. Uh, We are looking at Carolina minus 108 on the money line. Over-unders five and a half. Whoa. What do you think? You're the gambling connoisseur. I think Carolina is going to finish it off. I do too. That Carolina team is so deep. Yeah. And they need... To finish it so that they can at least get like a couple days before they have to play Tampa, who's fully rested. Yes. So are you just taking Carolina straight up? Yeah, just take because minus one hundred eight. I like it. Yeah, I can get down with that one. So, obviously, now looking at it from the standpoint of if needed, St. Louis, Colorado, they're not going to look that far in advance because, again, opportunity that that series may end. And same thing scheduled for Monday would be Rangers Carolina if needed. I don't think you're going to need that one either. But the NBA is not done yet. And now it's a matter of who is going to be joining the Warriors in the finals. Heat, Celtics, Celtics a 3-2 lead on the series. Another series that has been incredibly exciting. Now, Golden State Mavs. It had its moments of excitement, but it was not as compelling of a series as I thought it would be in the sense of, you know, going the distance in the sense of needing six games, needing, you know, a potential game seven like people thought it might. Golden State pretty much just took care of business. They had they had to work hard to do it. I mean, da- Dallas had insane leads in some of those games and golden state had to come back and do it. So who's going to join them? Heat Celtics tonight, eight 30. What are we looking at? Eight and a half point spread. Celtics <sighs> are favored by eight and a half man over under is two Oh one who under, I go under two Oh one for Especially sure. After that last game. Yes. Miami had what? 82 points. Yeah. Or something like that. Absolutely under on that. Man, I don't know though. I think Celtics outright though. I take It's been weird though. Like you were saying they've been great series. Yeah. All, yes, the series, all the NBA series have seemed to go long. All the games have been blowouts. Yes. It's weird. It's so weird. And it's just felt like that. I I personally, you know, again, showing my Michigan fandom here, I would be a Heat guy in this case. <laughs> but we'll see how it goes and we'll see what we get. Thank you again for joining me on Sports Wrap. I'm coming back Monday. They can't get rid of me yet. 
Monday, I'm filling in for Steve Courtney on the WJR Sportsbook with Jamie Edmonds from WDIV. Her and I will be here 7 o'clock Monday. Join us then. Have a great holiday weekend, and I'll talk to you then.